Hi, this is Don McPherson, your host of 12 Geniuses. In January 2020, I met Alvaro Marquez in his flat in V-Spot in Germany to record our interview about the future of trust. The first COVID-19 cases were just being identified in Europe and the United States. Little did we know how much trust would be compromised over the next 18 months. Who we trust, the individuals and the institutions may never be the same. That's what we discuss in this update. This episode of 12 Geniuses is sponsored by the Think to Perform Research Institute, an organization committed to advancing moral, purposeful, and emotionally intelligent leadership. Alvaro, welcome back to 12 Geniuses. Thank you. Really happy to be back. It's been since January 25th, 2020, since we talked and recorded your previous episode. If you can go back to and update our audience on the three societies and scenarios from the Trust 2030 report that you and your team produced back in 2019. The Trust 2030 project is something we did for a client of ours, um, Hitachi, you know, big Japanese tech company, big conglomerate. And um, we were basically helping them conduct a piece of research that would inform the way they operate as a business in the future. And we were using a technique from uh, design fiction and future casting called uh, future studies. Basically, what this research does is lays out three alternative societies, uh, possible societies and we use, for the sake of our arguments, a political scandal, a big leak in data that would basically shatter the foundation of people's trust in, in, in the way society operates. So there's three societies. This is a report that is, by the way, publicly available. You can download it. If you Google Hitachi Trust 2030, you'll be able to find a microsite still there and download an abbreviated report of maybe, I don't know, 150 pages or so. But anyway, so there is three societies that largely differ from each other, but basically overlap in some aspects. And, and, and the first society spanning out of this event is fundamentally all about trusting individual one-to-one relationships. And we call that society, it's a decentralized in, in, in transparent society. Then um, there's a society that is all about trusting the group, the wider group, and that society is called centralized and, and curated. And there's another society, the third one, that is all about, you know, I just try to trust in myself and, and the network that I create. And this society is what we call distributed in anonymous. Yeah, so it's basically an opportunity to um, to create an, a provocation for our clients. It's an, it's an exercise in, in strategizing where the value lies less in trying to evaluate whether these predictions are accurate or not, but it's a way for a business to basically role play how would they behave in certain situations, right? How, how, how would they conduct their business where the world to look this way or that way or that way. I have been thinking about the conversation that we had 15 months ago, and it was at the very beginning of this pandemic. In fact, we weren't sure that this was even going to be a pandemic when we were talking, but as the episode was released, it was pretty evident that the world was shutting down. Is COVID, is this pandemic the catalyst? Is this the key event? What do you think about that as a hypothesis or as the the triggering event here? It's not a data leak, but it has the same catalyzing potential. It definitely triggers a series of events 
completely unforeseen that let's say give birth to radically different approaches to how we relate to each other in different societies. And, and, and I have to think about it because I have still many friends um, back in Shanghai and in Beijing from the days when we were living in China. And fundamentally, COVID has given the government, the Chinese government, the perfect, you know, alibi to continue the police state rollout. So under the guise of public safety and, and smart cities and smart society, now you require face recognition to enter your own building. If you have a guest, if you have any visitor, no matter whether they're local Chinese or they're foreigners, they need to register with the local police. You need to give your biometrics. You need to give a photo of your passport. And you will not be let in if you don't behave you know, like a proper citizen is expected. And you have the system of points where you know it allows you to do or not do things. An equivalent of a credit score but in terms of good behavior. So you will not be able to hail a taxi if you have bad score. You know, and you have other societies that are taking a completely different approach. I think the country where I'm living in, in Germany, is, if anything, taking a radical opposite approach where it's only now where the government has officially mandated from a central point a same standard and approaches to basically controlling the spread of the pandemic because, you know, Germany has a history with centralization of power. So it's very naturally so, very decentralized and, and you know, federal, true federalism where things are decided on a local level. So, yeah, it's, you could see two societies here, one that is all about the network and, you know, decentralized way of making decisions at the expense of certain things, and another society who says, this is what we were waiting for, and then we're centralizing control. And sure thing, you can walk around in Shanghai without a mask and sit in a restaurant, and there's been largely, officially, no new cases for the past nine months but you know at what cost that's a really good point and my next question was are we on a specific path and it sounds like it depends on where you are and so china obviously is is the highly centralized and curated and germany is transparent and decentralized from your point of view where do you think the united states is ah good question somewhere in between i guess <laughs> because in a way I mean, you have the funny thing that you've had elections in the middle and the previous administration for the longest time was even questioning whether the pandemic was a thing. And then very quickly, very briefly, you have a following administration who has been very quick to respond and to roll out vaccination programs and giving the society the tools it needs to basically get back on its feet. So... It's definitely neither one, right? It's somewhere in somewhere in the middle, and and that's and that's the interesting thing about the future of trust as a project that it lays out complementary view of events that are basically allowing each other to coexist in different contexts. That's why, in a way, is sort of important to understand how do we create this kind of trust? You know, what are the levers that we have to play with, and what are we what are we willing to trade in exchange of that trust? Right? How do you build it? How do you exchange it? How do you maintain it? When we talked initially, you talked about digital society and building trust in a digital society and this transition. Well, it seems like we've really made the transition over the last 15 months with virtual work. And what advice do you have for people who are trying to build trust in a virtual world, not only from a business aspect, but from a personal aspect? 
I can only speak from experience and um, personal experience that is subjective understanding of how how trust travels and it is it is more important than ever to be really open and candid and in a way let down your guard because we have remote video conferences and 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 it works like as good as it could but there's still something about communicating beyond images and words is something about you know the body expression and then the nonverbal cues that are missing and i think the only way i've realized or or i tried to to create trust within my peers is being even more transparent and more candid in a way that is perhaps less pretentious it's almost like you know allowing someone into your heart and into your home so i think for the time being as long as things look the way they do now just you know dial up the human volume up just you know keep it real and then we'll see we'll take things one step at a time one thing that we did talk about last time was volatile cryptocurrencies those were your words and my goodness they are volatile so i did a little bit of research just before we started talking today and bitcoin when we talked in january of last year was valued at just under ten thousand dollars and it shot up to over 60,000 and now is at 52,000. What does that say about the way we trust? For me, this is a great example of us trying to figure out how do we trust in a different context? How do we create units of value that can be exchanged just like paper money, right? If, if you think of money away from crypto and just traditional money, it's like a good proxy to a barter system where I can give you one cow for seven goats and, you know, two stacks of hay. And basically you have a central body that, um, a central bank who ensures that that paper, that piece of paper will hold value over time. And that, yes, you can trust that when you exchange money with somebody else, I will be a big responsible body to ensure that that still has, you know, value and of course as the money continues to become digital most of the transactions in the world today happen there's no real money behind them it's just like accounting right it's just on a spreadsheet so the crypto makes only sense as the next logical step but it's still very much bound by the laws of physics of today's you know money exchange mechanism and weirdly made like a hybrid with investment and, and stocks. So I think it's a great ex experiment, crypto and other currencies, but I think there's still a fringe movement. The reason why I ask that question is because I believe that there are some people who feel like people just don't trust. And actually, I feel like investment in cryptocurrencies is a sign that we do trust. We do. I believe that. Yeah. You know, so we talk, we've talked about deep fakes and not trusting evidence and things like that. And that is all true. Those are things that do break down trust. But, you know, the fact that cryptocurrencies have taken off and regular people are talking about it does say something about what we are willing to trust and what we may not be willing to trust. Remember, we, we talked about autonomous cars. Unfortunately, way too often you read a, a piece of piece of news in the paper or, or online where somebody's been in an accident because they step out of their driver's seat and because, you know, they think that the Tesla is like Kit 
from Knight Rider. And, you know, it, there's that level of, of, you know, we are ready to trust. We are willing to trust at the quickest, most, you know, optimal time when things are in flux. How many accidents will it take for us to start or not start trusting autonomous traffic? Not even your vehicle, but... The, the vehicle that comes that way, do you trust that one that that will stop for you when you cross the street? Because you might trust the one you're sitting in and that you're, you know, comfortably going with. I've used vehicles in the past as an example of how we do trust. And even saying, you know, when you're on a, a two-way road, it's the middle of the night and you don't know what that person is doing, if they're looking at their phone or if they've had something to drink, but you you know, pretty much you don't pull over. You trust that they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And at the same time, we have big trust issues within our organizations. So we trust the person who, who we don't know who's approaching us in traffic at 55 or 60 miles an hour or 100 kilometers an hour. And we don't trust our CEO or our manager. You know, it's, it's really interesting where we are yeah. willing to put our trust. Yeah. So one more question for you. And you became a father since we met. Mm -hmm. And how has that changed the way you trust? Because you hand off your child to daycare and, you know, there's a, there's all these yeah. different yeah. elements and you, you pay more attention to, you know, traffic when you're walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. And it does change the way you view the world, right? It's not about you. It's way more about her. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. No, it's absolutely about her. And, and I want to say that it is as cheesy as, as it sounds, it does make you feel like you want to be a better human. You want to be, as I said, you know, making the world a better place feels like a bit pretentious or difficult, but at least not making it worse, taking care of the house you're living. And um, in terms of trust, totally, like she just started going to daycare. And um, it's been a very conscious thoughtful onboarding process where we have learned to trust each other in a two-way situation daycare and us and we have slowly but surely increased a little bit the time that she's been spending there and before that there was a few interviews and get to know each other and like chemistry check for my daughter to make sure that she felt okay there like no commitment come spend a few hours in the afternoon and so, you know, I think like everything else, just little by little, bit by bit. Um, yeah, I don't want to say, you know, I'm, I'm generally trust, I don't know, trusting person, but but it is true that when somebody approaches you, like raising an eyebrow, very quickly scanning, can I trust this person to to say hello to the baby so close or not? <laughs> it sounds a bit terrible, but... That, that's the nature. That's not just human nature. That's nature. You know, That's nature, right? <laughs> well, this has been an awesome conversation. Alvaro, thank you again for being a genius. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to 12 Geniuses. Next week's interview is with energy expert Lauren Aza. She talks about the latest advancements in green energy production, storage capability, and grid security. That episode will be released July 27th. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a genius.